What's going on, ghosties? Welcome back to Tales of Spooky Coffee House. We are your hosts. I am Veronica. And I'm Chelsea. And we are here to bring you this week's Serial Killer of the Week and Haunted Location of the Week, as well as a tarot card reading at the end of the episode, which I'm super excited about. Chelsea, how are you? How you been? What are you drinking? I've been good. I've been very productive since I've quit my job. And I'm drinking iced coffee today. Just regular iced coffee. That sounds yummy. So do you miss working at Hooters or... <laughs> I mean, I guess it's better than saying a gentleman's club, but uh no, I I kind of miss it, but I really don't. Mm-hmm. I miss Saturdays. Let's clarify that we're not actually talking about Hooters. She's actually talking about <laughs> the actual job she just quit. <laughs> Let's just yeah. You didn't even clarify that. You're like, "No, but I do miss it, <laughs> especially Saturdays." Yeah, I was just going to go through with it. I was just going to let it roll. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to do that to you. I'm not going to do that to you. Yeah, no, but my my job, I really fucking hated my job, but I really liked who I work with. That was the best part. That's what made it worth going in every day besides the money because, you know, bills. Yeah. But um, no, Saturdays were always awesome because you're allowed to listen... Well, according to HR, we found out right before I quit, we're not supposed to be listening to music on our stereos and stuff. Mm-hmm. But nobody nobody knew that that changed because they did that like before COVID. And I guess after COVID, when we got back, they like took it away and didn't tell anybody. So technically, everybody's been breaking the rules. But mm-hmm. anyways, so we would listen to music and my department usually worked more than the other departments which you know is fine because we're we were like the middlemen like literally the middlemen and so when nobody else was there we would literally just like be bumping the entire factory what would you guys play <laughs> well if you went up front you would have fucking spanish mexican music that i couldn't understand but you bet your ass that my operators showed me how to dance to the music you know what <clears throat> I'm going to expect to see some dance news next time you're out here. Just, <laughs> well, just for saying that, I'm going to tell my mom. The next, time I, the next time I go out there, dude, I would have quit this job like years before. So my dance moves might be a little rusty. Shut the... Nah. You, there's no... You cannot come up... <sighs> <laughs> Anyways. You are not going to come up with an excuse to not show me your dance moves. <laughs> so then I would go to the uh, the back of my department, mm-hmm. and one half of the back would be playing fucking like it, I would get a mixture. I would either get more Mexican music, or I would get rap, or some like like more modern stuff. Mm-hmm. And then if I go to the other side, I would get fucking eighties rock and and all kinds of like of the stuff that I love. Yeah. So it was like no matter where I went in the department. I could always just, like, jam out with the operators. And my operators love that. You get a little bit of everything. Yeah. Like, it made the day go by so fast. And, like, my last Saturday that I worked, two of my coworkers were playing music. Actually, no, it wasn't Saturday. It was actually Sunday. And Sundays were great, too, when we did work them because we we did the same thing. But uh, my my last weekend day that I worked, they blasted some music and they just stood there and they just fucking danced with me and they made me dance with them and it was just it was a blast that sounds like a good time 
Yeah. And then my, my one operator, she, uh, she called me out. She was like, well, since you're leaving, she's like, just so you know, we dedicated this song to you. And, uh, <laughs> it was, well, what's that song? Um, she's a little bit psycho. Okay. I know what you're talking about. <clears throat> That's my coworker Catherine's uh, theme song too. Uh, sweet but psycho. Yeah, by Ava that's a that's a good song to be like remembered by or like known by. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> very straightforward. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, you're not wrong. She was <laughs> like, yeah. She goes, you're always nice to us. She goes, but when you get pissed, you. She's like, I I don't want to mess with you. She was like, old enough to be my mom. <laughs> I love it. I just, I hope that one day an audio clip of you yelling at the kids goes out there so people can know, like, oh, she's scary. Oh, with my mom voice? Yeah. How you been? What are you drinking? Well, I'm I'm okay. I've been, I've been dealing with a lot of anxiety recently, but it's all good. Right now I'm drinking, or I was drinking, it's called Daily's Bahama Mama Frozen Cocktail. It's not really frozen, it's just liquid, which is too sweet for me. So I think I'm going to stop drinking it and just move over to my uh, water. <laughs> but yeah, that's, yeah, that's it. I'm a little, I'm a little basic today. And by basic, you mean a little buzzed? I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Chelsea, have I ever told you how much I love you? Because I don't. Damn, imagine though. Damn. I'm just kidding. Well, since you're going to be like that, I got a question for you. Okay, I'm ready. Would you ever buy a doll that you knew was haunted? Yes. Yes, of really? course. I get lonely sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, having... That was not the answer that I was expecting. I was expecting you to tell me no, and then I was gonna be like, "What if it was a Grogu doll?" <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because I was actually looking at my Grogu doll, and I was gonna be like, "If only Grogu was haunted, you know, like or possessed, that'd be fun." Because then I'd really be able to take him everywhere with me. Like, oh, this is freaking Annabelle two point oh. Oh, let's not talk about Annabelle. Oh no, nope. Mm -mm. Are you sure? Yeah, no, I've already been traumatized enough this weekend and last weekend. By Annabelle? No. By who? By what? What happened? By, by It. It? Yeah, my mom made me watch It with her, part one, last weekend when I went to go visit her. And then she kept bugging me all week about watching It too. so I watched part two last night, and mm -hmm. John is camping for the weekend, so I'm by myself with Remy, and that was not a good idea. Are you seriously scared off of It, the newer one? No, like, watching it didn't, like, I wasn't scared at all. It's just the fact that the clown. It's just the clown. I don't get it, but okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're scared. No, just... I, I wasn't scared of the movie. It was just, like, the clown. The clown, then... yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, because I had to, because I was watching it, then it was, like, all I could think about was, what if the clown just, like, walks into my room right now? I just hope that you don't go to sleep tonight, wake up with the clown standing in the corner of your room. Dude, fuck off. That would be so bad. Or him, like, on the corner, on the ceiling, like, just looking at you. And then you his head what? does, like, a 360 or 180. You know what? Veronica. What? what? Shut the fuck up. Is this not a podcast where we're supposed to talk to one another? Yeah, but you don't need to tell me more about clowns and them showing up in my fucking bedroom when I'm alone by myself for the weekend. <laughs> 
Or like, what if Remy, like, you wake up and Remy's at the doorway, but she's dressed no, as a dude, clown? Dude, no, dude, shut up. She scared the fuck out of me this morning. How? Because she just walked right into my room and she just Existed? started touching my face. No one started touching my face. <laughs> like fuck. <laughs> no, she started rubbing my face. Loki, I would have accidentally slapped her. <laughs> like fuck, what is that? The first time it ever happened, it was actually with Izzy, so I'm kind of used to it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's still trippy to just get, like, woken up with somebody touching you. Yeah. So, or... <laughs> what, I think what I think what it was is it traumatized me because I woke up. This was before I had, like, this is even before I was pregnant with Remy. Mm-hmm. I woke up um, in our old place, which was just a, a literally a one-bedroom, like, studio house setup. So... The living room, the kitchen, and our bedroom, mine and John's, was all in the same room. Mm-hmm. And we gave Izzy the bedroom because, you know, she had toys and all kinds of stuff. So she snuck out of her room and our our bed was right by her bedroom door and we didn't hear her. And she came out, went to the kitchen, which was across from our bed, pulled a knife out, and then was just standing <gasps> next to my bed. Shut up. You need to get rid of her. <laughs> never since then dude i've been so traumatized that's a, that's that's chelsea that's something else that's like yeah i we ended up having to put like a gate in front of her door so she couldn't come out to keep because... her in hell yeah do you lock her in there <laughs> the fuck yeah <laughs> like ring the bell if you need something sweetie okay bye yeah, and then Remy started sneaking out and stuff from the room when she was the same age as when Izzy did that. And I was like, oh, hell no. We're we're putting gates up because I'm not waking up to a child next to my bed with a fucking knife again. Fucking glue the cabinet shut. Dude, something. Uh, she, something, anything. Remy's, a, Remy's a, a trip, though. She learned how to climb the gate. So then we put two gates because Izzy was old enough for... You know, if there was an emergency, Izzy knew how to push the gate open. We should, we taught her how to do that. Or if she had to, like, go potty or something. And Remy is not, was, at the time, was not strong enough to push the gates down. Mm-hmm. So she learned how to climb both gates. Damn, dude. Your kids are determined. Yeah. So then I was like, John was like, well, let's not do that anymore because that's a safety issue. You know, she falls on the top of the gate. And I'm like, yeah, definitely not doing that anymore. That's why we got the ring alarm, because whenever she tries to walk out of her door, the alarm goes off. Damn, dude, imagine when she's a, t- when she's a teenager, you're gonna have to no, fucking when- put uh, full-on, like, prison, uh, what do you call it? Prison bars? Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, dude, I have a feeling she's gonna be a problem child. I'm excited to watch that happen from afar. Gee, thanks, appreciate <laughs> it. But, <laughs> anyways, back to your question, yes, I would get a haunted doll. <laughs> oh my god we circled so far away from that <laughs> i was like i need to bring us back <laughs> <laughs> okay my last question for you since that just like took forever mm-hmm. uh <laughs> are there any superstitions that you believe 100 percent without a doubt no i don't think so I'm not a superstitious person i think like like a whole like the whole like if you break a mirror that's seven years bad luck type thing yeah kind of like that yeah uh, but no. What about you? Uh, I got a couple. Like? <laughs> Careful where you take us with this, okay? What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry. 
No, what's that supposed to mean? Nothing, go ahead. Well, I definitely am not like a in the mirror is bad luck thing, but I definitely try to avoid breaking mirrors. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anyone intentionally goes around trying to break me. I want my seven years. I don't like walking underneath ladders. Oh. Uh, you want to know uh, how I don't believe in that one? How? Because Jeff Hardy always went underneath the, ma- the ladder and he never got bad luck. So explain that. Did he win the match when he did that? He wins and he loses, bro. It don't oh, matter. I, I wonder if we uh, if we go through and see how many times he's won when he's walked under a ladder. I will look it up. <laughs> <laughs> I will look it up. And if you guys don't know who Jeff Hardy is, if you know, you know. If you don't, don't worry about it. But yeah, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. That's kind of interesting, actually. I also don't, I don't open umbrellas inside the house. I don't do it because I think you're dumb if you do that. Like, why Why are you opening an umbrella indoors? Like, that itself, like, it's not going to bring you bad luck. Like, you are the bad luck, you know? Like, oh, I don't know. John believes it, too. Remy found Izzy's umbrella for school mm-hmm. and opened it in the house once. And I have never seen that man move so fast. He snatched it away. He's like, don't open the umbrella in the house. And then he went and he knocked on wood. Oh, that's kid. another one. That's another Knocking- one. Yeah, I mean, I guess I still knock on wood sometimes, but I think that's just out of habit at this point because we've been doing that for so long. So then you have a small superstition that you believe in. If you say so. All right, can I go to my questions? Yeah. Why do you think it is that some ghosts communicate with the living and some hide? Because I don't want to see your face. Dude, are you serious? Can you, like, act your age? Aren't you, like, 30? Well, I didn't mean your face. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Why did you just get so big? <laughs> your bully fuck? was showing. <laughs> what the hell? Dude, I'm not a bully. I'm the victim. <laughs> yeah, okay. And one day, everyone will know the truth. I was so confused. I was like, wait, what just fucking happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i just i you know like people i i think ghosts are sometimes they're shy okay sure <laughs> no that, there's no right or wrong answer but that's okay um it's funny that you brought up annabelle <laughs> a minute ago um because oh, my next question i swear to god uh, i didn't which, bring up annabelle you did yeah but the okay sorry i brought up annabelle <laughs> but the fact that we talked about how much you hate her or how she reminds you of you know which possessed doll <laughs> would you rather deal with, Chucky or Annabelle? Chucky. Yeah, because he's not haunted, huh? He just comes at you physically. You could get that little motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could fucking see him. I can like. I don't understand how these people keep dying in these movies. Like, really? Like, <laughs> grab him by the hair. Like, he. Ain't I know, Chucky. right? Like, one of my friends, her favorite horror movie is Chucky series and I was like dude those are some of like the stupidest things because you can physically just pick him up he's a goddamn doll <laughs> yeah to where, like to where Annabelle like she could fucking kill you by like not even moving yeah exactly so yeah, yeah okay. I'd rather do a Chucky a funny story at the job that I just quit there was uh-huh. this guy who who has the Chucky and Chucky's bride dolls in the backseat of his car mm-hmm those like those like really big, not like the really like big ones that are like supposed to be their life size version. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always thought it was really cool. Like I, you know, I I do like Chucky, even though I think the movies are dumb. But uh, 
I, there was one morning I had to work 12 hours and I was there at two o'clock in the morning and I got there at like one forty or something. So I had, I had some time to just chill in the car and, and wake up. Uh-huh. And this guy took his break at that time and moved his car. Cause usually everybody moves their car at break. So that way, you know, they're closer to the door or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't see him move. And <laughs> this motherfucker we always talk about horror movies and shit. He put Chucky in the front seat of his fucking passenger side <laughs> and faced him towards me. So that when I went to go get out of my car, I swear to God, I screamed bloody murder. Mm, you're so stupid. <laughs> because in that moment, my tired ass was like, holy shit, Chucky's coming for me. <laughs> you're just, that's embarrassing, honestly. <laughs> Dude, I know. I used to be so fucking scared of Chucky when I was little. Like, I'd be, I'd get so mad at my parents for watching it. Like, why, why are you watching it? I like run on the bed and start crying and screaming. I mean, you were scared of the Energizer Bunny, so I'm not scared of the fucking Energizer (laughs) Bunny. It was a nightmare. Okay, can we? You really had to bring it up too. Okay. I mean, the same size. Shut the fuck up. Would you rather live in the house from the haunted haunting of Hill House or the American Horror Story Murder House? Probably American Story Murder House only if Tate is there. But you'd risk getting raped by a dude in leather. Uh, what do you put it that way? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, does that support that? Does that make you more? Yeah, that one or less? That makes me less. You fucking okay. weirdo. <laughs> I'm the weirdo. No, no, no. See, I have to clarify for everyone because you just never know with you. Yeah, kind of like you have to clarify that I don't work at Hooters. Yeah, dude. Our poor listeners are just gonna... Never mind. (laughs) Anyways, let's move on from this chaos. Can you uh, introduce us to the haunted location of the week? Okay. (laughs) Thanks for not making me answer that question. Oh, did I? Yeah, you said murder. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you see how my brain was processing. <laughs> it processed out loud. <laughs> okay, so the haunted location for this week is Leap Castle in Ireland. Oh, you know, we just recently did a challenge that was what's one haunted place that you would want to go visit. Mm-hmm. For me, I honestly don't ever think I would leave the country. Not because I don't want to, but because it's just, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. But never say never. But a realistic place that I would love to go visit is Leap Castle. So Leap Castle was built sometime around the 1500s mm-hmm. by the O'Bannon clan. They were considered the secondary chieftains underneath the O'Carroll clan. Um, and the only reason why I bring that up is because you'll literally never hear me say O'Bannon clan after this again because they just kind of, like, disappeared. <laughs> oh, okay. So the O'Carroll clan is, was the chieftains. They, they were the powerful and warring clan in Ireland at the time. Mm-hmm. And they considered Leap Castle to be theirs. They had it in their possession until 1642, when an English soldier, Cromwellian English soldier, uh, was gifted the castle. His name was John Darby. That's about, you know, 
little over a hundred years, but during that time, the O'Carrolls killed many dinner guests, kinsmen, and even their own soldiers. The O'Carrolls, there's a lot of, there's a, a very violent history with them. They, I mean, they just, they bloodied up the land. But in 1922, Leap Castle was set on fire and destroyed during the Irish Civil War. And it was left abandoned until 1974 when it was bought by Peter Barlett, who, believe it or not, was a descendant of the O'Bannon clan. Oh, okay. So literally, yeah, like 400 years later, it goes back. He began restorations on the castle because it it was burned and destroyed. But unfortunately, he died in 1989 before the restorations were complete. So then the castle was purchased by Sean and Anne Ryan. And they still currently own the castle. They're doing reservations on it and fixing it up. So that's that's just kind of like the the brief history of the castle. So then we're going to go to the ghosts that haunt this place. And there's a lot of them. Okay, I'm excited. The more sinister one, they call it the elemental. No one knows its exact origins, but it is associated with a decomposing facial feature, like facial features, and Mm. a really bad smell. Some of the legends that they've thought of over the years is that the elemental was put there by the Druids long before the castle was built to protect the, the land because they used it for initiations and Druidic magic. What? Uh, what kind of magic? Druidic. What's that? Druids? What's that? You don't know what Druids are? No. How have you never heard of Druids? Uh... I don't know, but no. <sighs> I don't know how you don't... The only reason I say that I don't know how you don't know specifically is because Stephanie and I talk about them all the time. <laughs> yeah, you and Stephanie talk about it all the time, not with me. Yeah, we do, because you used to hang out around us all the time when we were into Celtic mythology and stuff. I don't ever remember you guys talking about that. Okay, anyways, so moving on. It was used to protect the magical land. Sound good? Okay. (laughs) Thanks. Another theory is that the elemental was placed there by an invading force to Mm -hmm. destroy the castle from the inside. They thought the theory comes from a person called Gerald Fitzgerald, Earl of Kildare. He was an enemy of the owners and he was a renowned magic practice. So they believe that he could be a possibility for the reason why the elemental is there. Okay. And then locals say it's the spirit of an ancient O'Carroll who died in the castle from leprosy. So there's two um, different like theories on to as to who it is. Three. Oh, three. Wait, what was the third one again? The Druids. Oh, right. <laughs> 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 I think my brain's already trying to block that part of the, the conversation now. <laughs> So Mildred Darby, who was the wife of Jonathan Darby, who the English soldier who inherited the, well, he didn't really inherit it. He was gifted the castle for his uh, services in the battles in Ireland. But she believed she was said to have dabbled in the occult because she was a gothic novelist. So some think that it was possibly her dabbling in the occult that awoke or summoned the elemental. The only thing with that is that because there was reports of it before she lived there, 
That's why some people don't think that it was her that brought it on. But she did write in one of her entries by her, she does explain her experience seeing the elemental. And many believe that the only reason that she saw it is because she accidentally did summon it and not so much summoned it as she woke it up. Wakey, wakey, it's time to be spooky. And the reason why they think that she woke it up was because also at the time, after the castle was destroyed in 1922, repair work uncovered a hidden dungeon that was filled with corpses. Oscar. Yeah, it took three carts full of bones to remove everything. That's something you would have. A, a dungeon filled with bones? Yeah. It, just, said, it just yells Chelsea. I don't even have a basement, dude. I'm not saying right now. <laughs> You're barely collecting, okay? <laughs> you know what? We'll talk about that in the next episode when we talk about my serial killer. Okay. Okay. So, the approximate count of bodies that they assume was down there was about 150, but there's no actual, there's no accurate count because it was just all bones and nobody felt like putting the bones together. Either way, 150 is a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> That's the uh, the more darker spirit that lives in it. So the next thing we're going to talk about is the Bloody Chapel. Ooh, fun. <laughs> the history behind the Bloody Chapel is that it's believed that there was an O'Carroll priest who was murdered there around 1532 or so after um, the chieftain O'Connell died and there was a power struggle in the family. So, legend has it that an O'Connell killed his brother, who was the priest, while he was performing mass in the in the chapel. And the reason for this was because he was offended that the priest started the mass without him being there, which at the time was considered a great insult. And so he got pissed off and killed him. So the priest has been seen many times. He's seen in the chapel, lurking on the stairwell below, and also leaving the chapel uh, at the west door. People passing the castle at night have also reported seeing bright light streaming out of the castle, and it, they still see it to this day and often call the Ryans to let them know about it. I would love to, like, witness that, like, see that in person, like, oh, shit. Yeah, right, that would be nuts. Oh, and also, all of the ghosts that I'm going to talk about and stuff, mm -hmm. the Orion say they have encountered all of them and they do exist. Okay. I think the only one they haven't is the Elemental. I think that's the only one that I couldn't find out if they did or not. I want to go say hi to the Elemental. Like, what's up? Who are you? What's oh, going on? Yeah. Want to talk about yeah, it? Look, let's go piss off the fucking evil spirit of the house. Like, like that makes I'm sense. I'm a wannabe ghost hunter, Chelsea. I need to investigate this shit, all right? <laughs> <laughs> so part of the Bloody Chapel also includes the, I'm going to say this wrong because it's a French word, the Obelite, which is the dungeon in the corner of the chapel where they found the bodies. It's believed that the Akarols used it to hide the dead or dying prisoners, including the other clan members that they hired as mercenaries and killed. They killed their own people? Uh, no. So they would hire other clans to kill other clans that they had beef with, then would invite those mercenaries over for dinner as, like, a thank you, and then would poison their drinks and slit their throats. Oh. The obelite is actually French for to forget. So they believe that the O'Carrolls had named it that because basically everybody that went in there they forgot about. Oh. Yeah, no, isn't that sad? It is. <laughs> that was the Bloody Chapel and the Priest. Yeah. Next we have Emily and Charlotte, 
the governess and the old man. So Emily and Charlotte are two little girls who are mainly seen playing in the main hall or running up the stairwell. They're believed to have lived at the castle during the 1600s. Emily died at 11 years old after she fell from the castle's battlements. And a lot of people outside the castle have reported seeing a girl falling off the castle roof and disappearing mm. before hitting the ground. That's um, nuts, dude. Yeah, I would, I would trip balls if I saw that. I'm not going to lie. So our high school, whenever I drive by it, I, I always like look at the, the bell since oh, they say dude, that's the haunted know. part. And I'm just always expecting to see, like, somebody or, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I I used to get really weird vibes from the bell when I was over there. Yeah. And then one of the – one of my science teachers in freshman year, our class was on the first floor. And uh, there was a second floor above us. And we asked her, like, you know, have you ever experienced anything, like, spooky? So I've always been into spooky shit, guys. So I asked her, and she was like, yeah, once I was here after hours, and there was no one else here, and I just heard, like, tables and chairs moving um, in the classroom above me. I was like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> but yeah, just reminded me of that. Hey, fun fact, did you know that A Nightmare on Elm Street uh, was filmed at our school? I did. So was A Cinderella Story. Yes, around the friendship circle. Hell yeah, you guys need to watch those movies. You'll see our high school. Yep. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> let's get back to topic. <laughs> um, so back to Emily and Charlotte. So I told you about Emily. Charlotte is often seen with a deformed leg that often drags behind her. But they're usually seen together, running and playing around. And then you have the governess, who is also called the nanny. And the reason that they call her the nanny is because she is usually, not always, but is frequently seen with the girls. And then she also appears to a lot of visitors that visit the castle. Guests of the Ryans have actually reported seeing her uh, while they were having lunch at the castle. And they saw a, a woman, and they specifically say that she was a very proud lady in Victorian attire that just stood in the main hall across from where they were eating lunch. I wonder, like, what it's like to be looking at a ghost like that, you know? Yeah. Like, what it does just, it look like? And it just, it seems like these three, and I haven't gotten to the old man yet, but he's part of it too. So these four ghosts are just, like, really friendly. Like, the girls just want to play. The governess takes care of them, and it almost seems like she's, you know, waiting to see if the guests need anything. Yeah, like, she's uh, the host. Like, she's hosting. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people see those three. The old man, there's not really a whole lot on him. He has been seen numerous times just sitting by the fire in the main hall, just chilling. Because that's what old mans do, man. Yeah, like he's, yeah, he's just chilling. Good for him. Um, so we have these next two ghosts. First one is the murdered woman. And she's been seen and heard since the time that the Darbys were living there. And she's believed to have been murdered by an O'Carroll. And she's been seen with a red cloth over her face and screams at people. Nice. Then you have the red lady, who is described as a very tall woman clothed in a red dress. She's been seen carrying a dagger in her hand and raised in a scary manner, like she's about to stab you. People that encounter her have 
said before that they feel like an immense cold feeling and they feel like this fear that creeps into their heart. It's thought that the woman was captured by the O'Connell clan and was raped and that the baby that was born as a result was then killed by them. uh, The reason being that they couldn't afford to feed it. So this woman, you know, devastated at the loss of her child, then killed herself with the knife that she carries. The next thing that we have is the murder hole room and the priest's house. Murder hole room? Yes. So the murder hole room, the experiences vary, but a lot of it was reported at the time of the Darby's when they lived there. And it's not actually known where this room is located. It's it's all based on Mildred Darby's writings. So it it's a haunted room. So it's actually it's it's not known where this room was that Mildred was talking about. But many theorize that the room is probably either is somewhere around the the northern wing of the castle. And if you look at the layout, the northern rooms are actually under the obelette and the chapel. So it's very possible that it could be that the murder hole is referring to the obelette. So it's been talked about as a haunted room, but it's very possible that it's actually just the obelette. So there wasn't really like a whole lot of info that I could share without like reading Mildred's diary. And I don't feel like plagiarizing today. So yeah, but then you have the priest's house, which has been an empty shell since the burning of the castle in in 1922. Most of the accounts that are about the priest's house are during the time of the Darby's, but most people see shadowy forms wandering through the empty building. I'd love to witness that too. So then we have media, which I always like to look to see if there's any like books inspired or movies inspired by the places I talk about. There's really not like any movies or books, but I did find that the TV, the reality TV show, The Most Haunted, they did an episode called Leap Castle that aired June 25th, 2002, when they they went and explored the castle. And then you have Mildred Darby's writings about the castle while she lived there. She published all of the articles under the pen name of Andrew Mary, because, you know, usually around that time, women authors weren't a thing. But recently, Mark Lyon published her works about Leap Castle in the novel Leap Castle, The House of Horrors, The Most Haunted Castle in Ireland. He published all her writings and he does an introduction. She discusses her experience with all the ghosts and everything that live at the castle. So I'm definitely excited to read that one day. It's on the list to read. (laughs) It is on the list. And then you can also visit the the castle it is a private residence so you have to get a hold of sean ryan before you can go visit but they usually are really excited to talk to people about all their experiences and stuff and they usually just ask that you donate six euros to to go visit the castle just to help with the upkeep and everything which is fair yeah yeah it's totally fair especially because it's like it's private property like you know they don't have to fucking do it that's true but i mean they're sitting there like restoring this historical site, like, I'm surprised they don't charge more. If they're still working on restoring it or whatever, like, I'm sure eventually they will. Yeah, maybe. But I thought that was interesting. I was surprised to learn that they do private tours. Like, that's pretty neat. Honestly, I want to do as many haunted tours as I can. But another goal I have is, like, to do as many private tours 
as I can. Mm-hmm. Cause that'd be pretty cool. It's just more like you're not with strangers. You don't know if like strangers overreact or if they like do shit, you know? Yeah, I would love to go talk to the Ryans and just like spend a day at the castle. Cause yeah, like I would like, I would want to explore the castle, but I would want to hear like their stories too. Cause they fucking live there all year, you know, since yeah. they bought the place. I just bet they have so much to talk about. <laughs> Dude, oh yeah. I would want I would want them to like tell me these stories inside, but like at night in the dark. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be fucking awesome. But yeah, that's my that's my haunted place. So you wanna jump in about the serial killer? Hell yeah, man. So my serial killer of the week is Julio Perez Silva. But before I actually get started with some of the information here, quick question for you, Miss Chelsea. You've been in an Uber before, right? Yeah, m- many times. Okay, so have you ever feared for your life or, like, gotten nervous getting into a stranger's car? Um, there was one incident, yes. Oh, tell me about that. Um, the first time I ever went to Chicago was with two of my friends, and they. this was actually pretty recently. I went to a... I went to my first over 21 club. Like, I've been to clubs before, but it was always, like, underage clubs. So this was my first, like, club that I went to. And Mm -hmm. I didn't have to worry about my husband, didn't have to worry about my kids. It was just us girls, like, having a blast. So I got fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Not fucked up enough to black out. I was, like, I could still remember everything, but, um... I was drunk, and I had had a high milligram edible, so I was, you know, out. Yeah. And we uh, we stayed until the club closed. They, uh, you know, Chicago is really weird. Like, they literally, they shut the music off, turned on all the lights, like, mid-song shut the music off, like, at exactly, I think it was, like, two or three o'clock in the morning is when they shut down the club. And <laughs> you just have the security guard, which... The security guards at the Chicago clubs, oh my god, dude. There's something about a man in uniform that just... Ah, school, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, so they shut the music off, they turn on every single light in that fucking club, and they're just like, all right, everybody get out! Like, yeah, like, it was just like, so my heart was already racing, because I was like, holy shit, like, that was a, like, that was a shock to my system yeah because I, I you know we were dancing and i was i was fucking lost in the music like i can tell you some funny times about about what happened but so my one friend surprisingly she was the mama bear of the group me and my other friend we were just we were on a whole nother level like if you ask her we literally we were vibing together like mm-hmm. we could like we were in each other's energies it was really weird but our other friend was was Mama Bear. She was fucking, she had like one drink. She was sober. She called an Uber. She got us in there. And I remember just being like high on life, was super excited. Like I was pumped and I just felt the energy from her. And she was like, Chelsea, shut the fuck up right now. Like I felt like she just instantly was like super serious because she was laughing at me and my friend because we were, you know, we were fucking drunk. We were doing stupid shit. And I stopped, like I was... I was still rolling, but I stopped and I was like trying to pay attention to what she caught on to. And the Uber driver was like, yeah, there's three girls. Yeah, I'm taking them to their hotel. Yeah, no, not that one. This one. Like he was telling this, like whoever he was talking to where we were going. 
that he had three girls and she was like scared out of her mind because she's fucking sober and we're not like there is no way like if somebody tried to jump us like like that was it like uh we were done for and my other friend like you could see her too she was trying to take it seriously but she was fucking laughing and i was laughing because she was laughing and it was just like a big fucking mess and so we get to the hotel and like i was like in the back of my head, I'm like, you need to, like, sober up. Like, this is fucking serious. Like, this guy just told somebody, like, there was three of us and where we were going. And so she got us out of the car and just, like, instantly, like, shoved us through the front doors and was, like, like you know, over it. Like, get the fuck in there. The hotel, I think it's quite a few hotels in Chicago. You can't get in past a certain time if, if you don't have a room key. I had the room key, so she, like, she almost ripped my jacket off of me, scanned the car, scanned the card. And got us in there and then just like literally turned around and like shoved the door closed. And the lady at the at the front desk was just like, You guys okay? And she was like, she like told her what had happened and she's like, Go up to your room. You're she's like, You're fine. If if anybody comes in after you, I'll keep an eye on it. And mm-hmm. but yeah, that was it was pretty trippy. And then once I sobered up, I was like, dude, holy shit, we could have been kidnapped last night and like there would have been nothing we could do about it. That's wild. That was my, actually, that was my first ever Uber experience, too. Uber, what's wrong with you? What are you on? Oh, a lot of shit. What? <laughs> Chelsea. Jesus Christ, man. Uh, dude, All I right. just had, like, three cups of fucking coffee. <laughs> You're like Chandler in that one episode when he's trying to break up with Janet and he, like, takes shot after shot of espresso. <laughs> yeah, I've had coffee. I've had marijuana uh i'm getting sober this is not okay okay anyways <laughs> all right so julio perez silva was born july 15th 1963 in i'm gonna butcher this Pachancavi, valparaiso chile known as the psychopath from alto hospicio his crimes took place in the <laughs> i'm just gonna keep pausing every time i run into a word i might not be able to pronounce his crimes took place in the Tarapaca region specifically in the city of Equique we're gonna go with that I hope I don't have to say that word again Silva worked as a taxi driver which is how he abducted his victims by offering free rides Uh, his victims were all women he was convicted of killing 14 women and was sentenced to life oh god this is one of my favorite words from like a couple episodes ago imprisonment on February 26 2004 Uh, the span of crimes took place between 1998 and 2001 so I guess some more background on this guy as a child before these crimes started he was known as a quiet guy a chill guy right nothing crazy about him the only time he ever got like crazy is when he was playing soccer so you know he's pretty normal he was married a couple times his first wife he had two daughters with and the next girl he was with had like six daughters or something like that she was wild (laughs) you know oh and was like 13 years older than him so that's fun so i'm gonna go over a list of his crimes on september 17th 1998 he picked up a 17 year old montserrat graciela saravia on the waterfront of Iquique. According to his confession, she offered him money in exchange for sex. However, the young woman's real intention was to steal from him. When he noticed this, he beat her to death and left her on a beach. Damn. Yeah, that's fun, right? Next one. 
On November 24, 1999, while driving in Alto Hospicio, he offered 13-year-old Macarena Sanchez a ride to her school. After threatening her with a knife and raping her, he tied her hands and threw her into the Puantahaya Pique, which is more than 220 meters deep. Also, something you're going to notice is that his victims were all very young. In February 2000, he attacked twice in less than a week. The first was Sarah Gomez on February 21st. And just two days later, 23-year-old cell phone promoter Angelica Lay, both of whom were killed in the middle of the desert. On March 23rd of the same year, exactly one month after the fourth murder, he assaulted and murdered 14-year-old Laura Zola. And like Sanchez, she was raped and murdered in Huantahaya. Then on April 5th, he attacked Catherine Arce, whom he raped and murdered like Angelica Lay, then buried her body in an unofficial garbage dump. And that kind of gives me flashbacks to that movie, um, Lovely Bones. Oh. On May 22nd, 17-year-old Patricia Palma left the uh, Lyceum on her way home. It was at that moment that Silva kidnapped, raped, and killed her, leaving her body in Huantahaya, along with the corpse of Sanchez and Zola. 11 days later, on June 2nd, he attacked again. He raped and murdered Macarena Montesinos in the Pampa El Mole sector, who suffered the same fate as Ley and Arce. The same fate befell 15-year-old Viviana Garay, who was intercepted, raped, and killed with a blow to the head. The luck would be different this time since the father of the last minor mobilized the relatives of some other victims who, according to the authorities and the police, had fled from their homes immersed in poverty to Peru or Bolivia, looking for a better future. Okay, let me tell you how he was caught first before I do. Um, so Silva did not attack for nine months, but on April 17, 2001, he struck again in the sector Autoconstrucción, where he intercepted a child under 16 years of age, only identified as Maritza, threatening her with a knife and raping her, but did not kill her. Later, she managed to escape and returned home. They took her to the hospital where they took samples of the aggressor's semen, although Maritza wasn't able to see her attacker due to the darkness. Months later, when they checked him, she recognized his voice, they compared the DNA samples, and they were identical. That fucker was caught. So the next thing I want to do is I'm going to list the names of his victims and the ages. And then I'm pretty much done with this segment. This guy just really like made me a little depressed just because these girls were so young, you know? Mm-hmm. So we got Viviana Garay, 16. Catherine Arce, 16. Patricia Palma, 17. Macarena Montesino, 16. Macarena Sanchez, 14, Laura Zola, 15, Gisela Melgarejo, 36, Angelica Palape, 45, Daisy Castro, 16, Sarah Gomez, 18, Graciela Saravia, 18, Ornella Linares, 16, Angelica Lay, 24, and Yvonne Carrillo, 15. So 14, a 14-year-old being his youngest victim, Macarena Sanchez, which is really hard. Can we go back? Can we go back to the 45-year-old? How the fuck did she get brought into that? Angelica Balape. Let me go back to my notes and see if I can find her. I was just like, I was just curious because like, there's a like, there's not really a huge gap between 14 and you said the other one was like, what, 23, 24? But there's a huge gap between early 20s and fucking Yeah, 40s. so the 45-year-old is not in the list of crimes that I just talked about but yeah those two were just they were the oldest Gisela 36 and Angelica 45 which yeah is a huge 
huge jump from 14 oh, to 45. I, I didn't hear the 36-year-old. I only heard the 20-something-year-old. Oh, yeah, 24, Angelica Lay. Yeah, but that's fucking crazy. So, that being said, do you want to move on to our tarot card reading? Sure. Okay, so, really weird coincidence. I shuffle my cards so mm-hmm. that way they're always right side up because I'm still learning how to do upside down. And somehow you have an upside down card in your reading. Dude, that's so exciting. And I, I guess I should have started with today we're doing a tarot <laughs> reading for Veronica. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't figured it out already. <laughs> so the reading that we're doing is confronting past lives and mending the soul which requires seven cards the first one being a card to represent you or to represent her in a relevant past life so that means that we're only doing a past life that's relevant to whatever she needs to do right now card two is something unresolved from that past life card three is how this past life is affecting her today card four is why why she needs to complete this unresolved issue five how can she complete the unresolved issue number six is an important lesson that she must understand fully and card number seven is an energy or characteristic from this past life that she should channel these all sound so interesting I'll post the spread on our Instagram, by the way. Okay, so card number one, a card that represents you in a relevant past life. The card that was chosen was the Knight of Pentacles. You in a past life were hardworking, practical, reasonable, and sticking to routines that accomplish what you needed to get done. Hashtag Capricorn. Uh, (laughs) You had focus and drive to make progress to what you wanted and finish what you started. You achieved your goals through determination and you were loyal and trustworthy, but were a bit stubborn in your relationships. No, was it? The cards say you were. The cards determined that was a lie. (laughs) 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 So that was you in a past life. Okay. The thing that was unresolved in your past life has to do with the King of Wands. And the King of Wands represents that something that was unresolved was your energetic and friendly energy. You were supportive and lenient of others while independent with your own freedom. You were a natural-born leader and extremely capable. Now... Because this is a an unresolved issue, I'm guessing that you probably had something you were meant to do, but never had the chance to do. I could think of something. You gonna share with the class? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how is this affecting you today? The cards responded with the King of Cups. You are emotionally balanced, calm, and wise. You're loyal, charming, and a good listener. You would make a great spiritual guide or counselor because you have the balance of intellect and emotions. You have a deeper knowledge and awareness of yourself. So that's that's how it's affecting you today. I actually, I think that's really interesting. It's pretty spot on so far, so. So next we have why you need to complete this unresolved issue. Now, this is the Nine of Swords, and this is the card that was reversed. So I, I just want to say that I think it's really interesting that this is the card that was reser- like reversed mm-hmm. because this is the reason like why you need to complete this unresolved issue. Like all the other cards have been like similar in meaning. Yeah. And they've been and they've been 
upright and this one I'm is so, like, i'm meant to have this reading then yeah so why you need to complete this unresolved issue is because you are seeing the light at the end of the tunnel after dark times your mental health is improving and you're ready to let go of negativity Stop. and learn to cope <laughs> you may realize the issues were only enlarged by yourself shut the fuck up why did, why are you doing this to me you wanted the reading <laughs> dude what the <laughs> what the so, fuck you may be wondering how you can complete this unresolved issue Jesus. and the answer to that comes through the card of the seven of wands you worked hard for where you are but you're being challenged by other opponents you're probably under attack being harassed or scapegoated but you're fighting your corner and standing up for what you think is right you're defensive, assertive, and determined. You're may, your life may be busy and challenging right now, but you have the stamina to endure it. I, you don't even have to translate that. I completely understand it. I feel like the cards are just, like, hardcore calling you out right now. No, it's fine. I'm here. I'm, <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I think after, like, the second one or the third one, I started tripping out hard. Like, whoa. An important lesson that you need to fully understand comes through the world card. You've finally accomplished your goal and you're in the right place doing the right thing. You're in tune with your conscious and in perfect union with the universe. You have a universal understanding. Got it. Okay, I was like, do I need to translate that? Or? Not at all. <laughs> I, I'm good. I'm good. All right. Your last card is an energy or characteristic from your past life that you need to channel now. And that message comes through the Eight of Swords. You're feeling trapped or restricted through your thoughts or a current situation. You feel like you have no choices and you have your hands tied. You're feeling helpless, powerless. And this is usually not the case if you're considering the bigger picture. Those negative thoughts that you feel are probably going to restrict you from finding the right answer. So when you change your thoughts, you'll be able to change your life. I mean... <laughs> speechless <laughs> yeah i'm got it so ladies and gentlemen that is a prime example of being called out so hard that you're speechless yeah like okay i'm really like amazed right now and i don't know if i'm amazed at you or the cards <laughs> but like why would why would you be amazed at me i don't know i feel like you have a lot to do with like what cards you pull and stuff like that yeah that was wild if you know, you know. If you don't, just know I've been struggling really bad for the past two years. And this year has been mm, I'm better than I've ever expected. So, yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad it's getting better. So, same Z's, dude. Alrighty. That's, that's all we've got for you, ghosties. Ghosties, before we end this podcast, if you paid attention to Instagram at all, you would know that we announced the winner of the giveaway that Veronica and I low-key kind of forgot about for like a week. <laughs> I didn't forget about it. What the heck? Well, we said we were going to announce it like a On week Friday. and a half ago. No, Friday, episode 10. Oh, really? Well. <laughs> okay. So, we announced the winner. Uh, the winner was Olivia, so she got a $30 gift card that we will be sending out soon. So thank you for everybody that participated and put in their entries. We really appreciate all of the support that you guys gave during the giveaway. 
Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. <laughs> but that's all we got for you this week, Ghosties. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Make sure to follow us on Instagram. We're doing another seven-day challenge. By the time this episode goes up, actually, it'll probably be done. We'll probably be starting another one. So Yay. keep an eye out for that. <laughs> for your host, I'm Chelsea. And I'm Veronica. Bye. Bye.